0: Rob, you doing okay? Yeah, why? You look like you haven't slept. Oh yeah, I haven't slept since March 21st, 1980. What? Why? That was when the most popular TV character, J.R. Ewing, was shot on Dallas. Who did it? I don't know, Daniel. They invented the TV cliffhanger and won't tell us until next season. And then the lead actor says he might not come back. And then there's a strike. And what am I going to do? How will I find out who shot
1: Jr. How about you listen to this week's episode of This Was a Thing, the retro podcast, where we do a deep dive into the greatest cliffhanger in TV history. Who shot
0: Jr. on this week's This Was a Thing? That's right. Okay. Let me just shower real quick. I haven't done that in a while. Why is Patrick Duffy in my shower? This was a thing. Whoa.
2: This was a thing. Whoa. The movie cruising. With Al Pacino. Whoa. Cabbage Patch Dolls. I'm Teddy Ruxpin. McGribb and shares Strap Oscar Wynn. That wasn't me. This was a
0: thing. Whoa. Hi, I'm Rob. Did we talk did, did we say the order? Did oh it was in the chat? Yeah. yeah. it's in the chat. It's in the chat. So, Keep this in. So, it's in the chat. So, <laughs> I was doing we're gonna <laughs> do it. Again. Ready? Doing... I'm gonna do it again. Okay. Okay, here we go. <laughs>
2: Hi, I'm Ron. I'm Ray. And I'm Daniel. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the retro podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. That was a good read. (laughs) So uh, today, what
0: we're talking about are cliffhangers, actually. (laughs) Stallone movie? Uh, No. God, that's a good movie. That's with John Lithgow, right? Yeah. What we're talking about today is one of the most iconic episodes of American television, it's from the TV show, show Dallas, and the episode is called Who Shot JR? And we're going to talk, talk all about this, but the reason we're talking about it is because this thing invented the cliffhanger in television. Prior to this, there really was no thing as a cliffhanger, where like you had to wait a whole bunch of months before you finally got to like pick up again and go, this is where we're at. Usually, TV shows like would end a season, and they put like a nice little bow on it, if anything. This one was like, you got to tune in next time to see what's going to happen. Let me ask you guys, cliffhangers, what are some of your favorite cliffhangers from TV shows?
2: Breaking Bad season five, how it starts off mm. with the first episode is Walt with hair and he goes into a diner. Yeah. And then that's not resolved until like the, mm. the penultimate episode of like the part two of season five. Oh. So I feel like I feel like a, not necessarily a cliffhanger, but like kind of, yeah. set, I mean, know, it was it, it was a setup that was that they left you thinking what the fuck is that you know what i mean so yeah that's the first thing that comes to mind but like yeah. i remember just going whoa what how did they start it like that like that's not a wig that's Walt's real i don't know just i'll never forget I, I literally got the chills thinking about it Ooh, that's a really good that,
0: one you bra- yeah fantastic what else daniel Any
1: anything for you this is such a random one and i don't even know if you guys have heard of this show there was a show on abc called Kyle XY. Kyle XY! And it was this weird... Okay, do you remember this show? Okay, well, the thing about this show that killed me... I watched the show when I was... I don't even know. I think it was probably like either beginning of high school or middle school. And it's about this kid who has... Like, he shows up... I can't even remember where it is, but... He shows up out of nowhere and he gets adopted by this family and he he has no belly button <laughs> and they think he has like magic. He has like sort of weird powers. And so there's this whole thing is like, is he an alien? Is he a clone? Is he like, what is he? So they have these, I think it's three seasons. I want to think it's like three or four seasons. And you sort of start to find out more about him. And you find out like who, a little bit about like where he came from and how he has these abilities. And at the end of the, f- like the last season, I think it's season three, he, he is getting in deep with all this like conspiracy stuff and he ends up killing this character and right before he kills this character he he goes he tells kyle he's like kyle but we're brothers and he dies and the show was canceled. No. After that episode. It was canceled. And I remember like I was, cause I was watching it all after the fact. I didn't watch it when it aired. And I think it was like when Netflix binging was starting to happen. And so I'd like gone through all the seasons. And so I was like, oh, okay, season four, here we go. And I, went, and I was like, what no what no no like i looked it up i was like oh are, is it in production like is it coming and it was not there and i just remember being like this we can't have this and now we've we're like in this era where netflix is like oh if you don't get watched by like 50 billion people in the first week we cancel it so like i feel like we must have so many more of those situations nowadays but that was one that like that hit me hard i remember when i was like whatever it was like 14 i was like kyle just killed his brother and we will never know how he deals with that trauma Oh, but Rob, that was a spoiler—or not a spoiler—a cliffhanger that was very meaningful yeah. in my life. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's the one that comes to mind. So, wait, who who did load the gun and pull the? Tr- you have to wait. You have to wait. Was it Linda Evans? Was it Linda Evans? It was not.
2: She wasn't even on the fucking show, dude. I don't know. She's part of that that
0: stuff. So okay. So the thing that we're looking at, like I mentioned. 30 minutes ago was this thing called who shot Jr."? It was an episode of the TV show Dallas. I need to explain to you what Dallas was yeah, and I've the phenomenon of Dallas to understand what this an entire country rivet. You want to talk about like true crime mystery. This is like the greatest true crime ever. Who killed no, who shot? He didn't die. Who shot Jr. Ewing from the TV show Dallas. What is Dallas? Let's talk to David Jacobs, the creator of Dallas. Uh, this is a quote from him. <clears throat> I had to pitch something to the production company, Lorimar. This is my voice for him. I don't know if he sounds like this. No, he does. I came up with a show about four families living on a cul-de-sac in Southern California based on Bergman scenes from a marriage. Yeah, I had high aspirations. So my creative partner, Michael Fillerman, and I go in and pitch, and they responded, what the fuck is a Bergman? (laughs) No, what they said was, quote, you know, we want to do this, but we want something glitzier, more of a saga. So as soon as we left, as we're driving back, I said, well, a saga? That means text Texas ranches. Not what I would have thought of. <laughs> I had driven through Texas once on a camping trip with my daughter in seventy two. That was before my bitch ex wife took her away from me and moved all the way to Scottsdale. You think I'm supposed to commute to Scottsdale? And for me the structure was Romeo and Juliet meets Cain and Abel. Okay. All right. You know, when you think of worlds that could merge. Yeah. <laughs> And he goes, uh, Laura Moore was very enthusiastic about the backstory, and they said, we have uh, Linda Evans under contract, and we're looking for something for her. So I wrote a script over Thanksgiving weekend, 77. When I finished it, I put Untitled Linda Evans Project on the cover. Then my partner called and said, Untitled doesn't sound good. Sounds like you don't know what the hell you're doing. So I said, what do we call it? And he said, let's call it Dallas. And I said, Dallas? Kennedy was killed in Dallas. Well, at least they won the Super Bowl. (laughs) Uh, And that is a quote from (laughs) the very angry David Jacobs, the creator of Dallas. Basically, basically, what he's trying to, what he does create, is a five-part miniseries because miniseries back then we don't really have those so much today. Miniseries were just like I mean, I'm trying to think like what would be a modern one. Is there one like Down and Abbey? Is that a miniseries? Mayor from East Town, you know. So I feel like something. Oh, like, Mayor of Easttown. I feel like yeah, miniseries, yeah, okay. miniseries
2: now are like one one season uh, shows. Like those are a lot of one season shows. I think. Yeah. Like miniseries where it would probably be like three two-hour episodes. It's now like one six, six one-hour episode. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's kind of how miniseries
0: yeah. are. So the I So the idea in the miniseries is that it's limited. So what they're going to do is is they're going to tell a story. They're going to do this over five episodes, but it's going to be on network TV. It's going to be on uh, CBS. You know, it's not going to be like, because there was no cable back then. That's the other thing to remember during this. There's only three channels you can watch. So like you have to watch something. So the plot of uh, Dallas is real simple. There's two families. One is called the Ewings. One is called the Barnes. They're rivals in the oil fields. Jock Ewing, he cheated his partner, Digger Barnes, out of his profits, and his girlfriend, Miss Ellie. So Jock and Miss Ellie get together. They raise three kids, Gary, Bobby, and JR. Bobby's the good son. JR's the bad son. JR is unhappily married to Sue Ellen. There's a middle child named Gary, who JR saw as a threat. And JR, like, gets rid of him by turning the guy into an alcoholic and giving him, like, really bad business dealings. And he convinces his wife to leave him. Uh, it's, it's 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 you know it's 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 a saga. Wait, and this all happens within five episodes? No, oh, no, no, dude. That's just the backstory. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that's just that's the fucking backstory. They oh haven't even God. started the episode yet.
2: That's the crawl at the beginning of episode one.
0: <laughs> so the fir- so the first episode, which is gonna be Romeo and Juliet, it's Bobby Ewing has married Pamela Barnes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like okay. the the it's Romeo and Juliet. The two families that hate each other, the son from one, the daughter from the other. They get together. Bobby marries Pamela. That brings up old wounds so jr is like i'm gonna get rid of pamela um because i don't want the barns anywhere near like the ranch by using a ranch hand who used to date pamela and he tells the ranch hand he's like go and fuck her and i'll tell bobby that you it's a soap opera, right? Um, at the same time, all of this is happening. Jr. is also in trouble because someone is leaking documents about his shady business dealings. So Jr. is kind of like being battered by both sides. And then folks, here's a surprise twist. Pamela's pregnant. I knew it. So they can't break up the marriage. Now, folks, this is literally a five episode miniseries. The cast for this was pretty, imp- well actually I shouldn't say pretty impressive. First of all, Linda Evans passed on the project, so she doesn't even want to be a part of it. So they brought in a bunch of different people like to be in the show. They brought in a guy named Patrick Duffy, who was best known from a TV show called Man from Atlantis, where he just never wore a shirt. Um, Victoria Principal, who had been like an assistant on a- as a Hollywood agent. But the biggest thing they were looking for was who was going to play Jr., who was this real like asshole of a guy. And they were like, what about Larry Hagman? <laughs> now, you might not know who Larry Hagman is, but this list literally this casting on paper makes zero sense whatsoever. Larry Hagman was the son of uh Mary Martin. If you're a Broadway oh, yeah, that's fan, right. you know Mary Martin from Peter Pan. This was her son. He was a kind of, he was kind of like a Robert Wagner like good looking guy but he was really funny and he did a TV show called I Dream of Genie. Have you guys seen I Dream of Genie? Yeah cuz he was he they wouldn't let him show his belly button. Yeah. And so he's like wait till Kyle XY comes <laughs> around.
2: Hey, then, nice. Nice. Then, then, close that then. circle.
0: Close that belly button. And if you've ever watched I Dream a Genie, he literally plays like this hapless major in the army. And he has a genie in a bottle and she and they do like weird things together. Anyway, after I Dream a Genie went off the air, the guy didn't fucking work like he just didn't work. Like he he played a couple of bit parts in a couple of movies and he earned the a name the mad monk of Malibu because of his offbeat behavior. He was just like living secluded in Malibu somewhere. So anyway, so he comes so they're like Larry fucking Hagman? Like that's 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 who we're going to have for this. They call him into the audition and he comes in wearing like a cowboy hat and You know, doing the whole thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, this guy actually works pretty well. And also, it's just five episodes of a miniseries. And this will work. So on Sunday, April 2nd, 1978, ABC decided to put on the five part miniseries Dallas it was going to play every sunday and to be honest with you they didn't have high hopes for the miniseries they didn't think it was particularly well written or well directed they didn't think uh, you know it had it was they didn't think it was going to go anywhere it was going to be like every other miniseries but they had two things one a really amazing theme song which daniel start playing that theme song now while i underscore an epic tagline here's the tagline are you ready <clears throat> a family ruthless in its quest for power and passion ready to destroy two people who dared defy their own blood for the right to love come on that's a pretty good tagline
1: that's pretty that's pretty good it's pretty good
0: right and how did i sound on it do, do i do good that was a good read really good Basically, it's an expensive daytime soap opera that's happening over five long episodes. And unlike daytime soap operas, daytime soap operas at the time like had expensive looking houses and penthouses. These people were fucking oil executives in Texas. And also, just so you know, there is no oil fields in Dallas. It's in Houston. They schlepped everybody down to, to some ranch in Dallas to film this. They were all staying like at a motel sex. Nobody's doors were locked. The hotel was just really shitty. But the one thing apparently, which is kind of awesome, is that they all liked each other. Oh, well, that's good. Like there's literally no drama from this TV series. Everybody just liked each other and everybody liked working with each other. Wow. Which is kind of cool. Which is what also is kind of cool is not only did like they like each other, but all of a sudden the general public loved this mini series. And they were like, why can't this be a regular thing? Why can't we have like a nighttime soap opera? And so they decided, okay, let's take this TV show, this nighttime soap opera, which we've never really attempted before. And let's bring it to series. And they did. And people loved like, there were beautiful women on it. Victoria principal, Charlene Tilton, Patrick Duffy was very handsome. Like there had something like a little bit for everybody. Um, and it ended up doing really, really well for itself. The TV show ended finally in 1991. It went that long? Yeah, it went that long. It was 78 to 91. I don't, I didn't realize it was that fucking long. Wow. Yeah. it. No, this thing was like, this thing was on for quite some time. And so seasons, seasons one through three are are pretty good in the ratings. They're usually like in the top 10, which is great. Season 3 is 1979 to 1980. This is where where the who shot JR episode's going to co- come in. JR Ewing was a villain on the series and like and you know he double crossed everybody, he bankrupted them, he plotted his own family. He called his own wife Sue Ellen a slut. He committed her to a sanatorium so he could take custody of their infant son. Um and everybody loved JR so much so they put Larry Hagman's face on t-shirts, mugs, beer brands, belt buckles, posters, baby bibs, probably like anywhere you turn. J.R. Ewing, Gerber baby. Gerber baby, Larry Hagman. Now, here's the thing, though. How much was Larry Hagman getting for his likeness being used on everything? Zero. Zero. Nothing. Big old fat fucking zero. He got to keep the hats. He did get to keep the hats. And you know what? Also, apparently, like, I could not find one bad thing on Larry Hagman. Really? That's great. Every single person who was interviewed said that they loved him. That he was like the glue of the TV show. He was always like playing jokes on people, always in a good mood. He would show up to like like grocery stores, like wearing the cowboy hat, acting like like Jr. So he was very beloved. Oh, that's great. But also, he was like I said, he wasn't getting any money for any of this. So the writers for season three, they're like, okay, here's going to be the cliffhanger for this season. The cliffhanger is uh go- going to be that he's put his family that he's he's put the wife in a sanatorium, and he. I'm going to take custody of his son. And they're like, and, and they're like ooh, what's going to happen next season? ABC, I'm sorry, it's ABC, not CBS, I apologize. ABC comes to them and says, hey, listen, question for you. Is it possible to write maybe three more episodes that we could play at season three, just so that way we can even like um, uh, capitalize on this even more? And they're like, we just came up with a fucking cliffhanger. Like, what like what what's what could be a bigger cliffhanger than this guy throwing his wife in a sanatorium? And so they're all the writers are all sitting around and they're like, What like what could we do? And finally a writer just says, Why don't we shoot the bastard? And so they go, That's it. The cliffhanger is, we're gonna shoot J.R. Ewing, and we don't know who's gonna shoot him. So the episode is called A House Divided they've built up the last two episodes to literally be like there's 90 million suspects that who would want to kill jr from you know he's sleeping with his sister-in-law he's thrown his wife in a sanitarium he's double crossed everybody eden. on business barbara eden was like nobody offered me a guest star so if you've never seen it that that the last episode is called a house divided march 21st 1980 march 21st 1980 last scene of the episode jr is working late in his office he hears a noise outside in the hallway he walks out to see who is it is who's there and he shot twice in the abdomen <laughs> who you'll have to tune in next season to find out in September. And in order to protect in order to protect this, they film everybody shooting him. So that way nobody it can't get leaked. So they have the cast shooting him, they had the people from the crew shooting him, the producers, they had Larry Hagman shooting him. Now here's the thing. I'm gonna. Here are the dis, different suspects, okay? And uh, I'm gonna give you because this was this was a big deal. It was such a big deal that um, they were taking bets in Las Vegas. There was a betting market. Oh, that's so good. Oh yes, there was a betting market. Who killed or who shot Jr? So these were the suspects, and I'll give you what their what their choices were uh, or the chances were, and then you guys can tell me who you would vote for, okay? Okay. For suspect number one, Jr.'s wife Sue Ellen um she she had infidelity He had infidelities um she was grow- she was, became an alcoholic um and she was ranked as an outsider 25 to 1 oh. however after her fingerprints were discovered on the gun her a- her odds were slashed 3 to 1 so you have his wife as 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 a suspect then there's dusty farlow that's the wife's former lover, and she and he was a six to four favorite, despite the character's disappearance and presumed death in a plane crash. Then there was Vaughn Leland, um, a guy that Jr. swindled in business. Uh, he was four to one. Then there was Kristen Shepard. This was Jr.'s sister in law, also his mistress and alleged mother of his child. Also four to one uh, and later lowered to three to one. There was Bobby, his brother at five to one, and uh, Lucy, his niece, who didn't like him. And she was at an eight to one. And once again, friends, this is like before DVR. This is before YouTube. This is before social media. So, okay, guys, those were the six main suspects. There were a lot more, but those are the six with the highest, highest. So because none of you know who shot him, just based on the odds, who do you think killed jr we're gonna bet a dollar on this daniel who do you think killed jr or who shot jr
1: i mean i have no idea i'm gonna go off of a couple of things here so i guess i'll explain my reason i think it's the niece
0: lucy. lucy lucy yeah yeah
1: that was her name right okay lucy so i think it's lucy one i think that i can imagine it might be tempting to say a woman shot somebody because i feel like it's more typically associated with like a man using a gun and that, again that's a stereotype it's not actually true I right? like who knows right that could be just a thing they're playing off of expectations but I feel like that could be a thing that would then surprise audiences that's one reason also I feel like they probably would want to make it a less likely person so if she's not one of the more likely options then that's what I'm th- so that's me I'm gonna go with Lucy the niece okay
2: right I'll give you my answer it's probably wrong but I'll tell you why I'm giving it I'm saying it's dusty Furlow, and I'm mm. saying that based on you don't make a character named Dust- Dusty
0: furlough without giving him a moment like this. Mm, that's a good point. OK. So Ray is taking Dusty Farlow six to uh, four Farlo. favorite. Daniel is taking Lucy the niece at an eight to one favorite. OK, okay well, let's see what happens. Well, first of all, there's some trouble ahead.. Whoa. <laughs> Do you smell that?
2: I'm sorry, it was it that double beef and cheddar.
0: No, the smell of love
2: in the air. Now I'm pretty sure that's double beef and cheddar, buddy.
0: Will you stop? It's February, which means that it's Valentine's Month. That's right, I said month.
2: And any healthy relationship celebrates Valentine's Day for the entire month. And what's the best gift to give that loved one? How about
0: some exclusive... Access now that's sexy. I sorry, I had something in my throat. I am talking Patreon access here, folks. You can tell your love that you got them the old Lucy level. Yeah, that's right. For
2: only five dollars a month, you can gain access to so much exclusive content. It's not even funny, easy. The content is funny. Yeah, sorry, it's uh, it's the
0: amount. A funny content you get isn't funny. That's right. Funny content for a sexy Valentine's Day.
2: I got you this Patreon access for Valentine's
0: Day. I said I wanted chocolate. Oh, boy. The show started off as an ensemble piece, but it was very clear that Larry Hagman was the star. And uh, you give a star whatever they want. Right? Or at least that's what Carol O'Connor told Larry Hagman. Remember Carol O'Connor from All in the Family? Yeah, hey, Larry, I gotta tell you. Hey, Larry, you gotta, get your you gotta get that cheese, Larry.
2: <laughs> what, what? You gotta get that cheese. You gotta get that, make that cheddar.
0: Fucking Carol O'Connor was a genius. I don't know. But he was, so what he had said to Larry Hagman was he's like, look, he goes, you are the star of this thing. He's like, they've built an entire show on your face. And um, he's like, you can walk. Tell him, give me a raise or I walk. So um, he went to ABC. He said, give me a raise. Larry Hagman said, give me a raise. They said, nope. He's like, great, I'm off. And he took off to Europe. Now, all of this apparently was the brain shot. Ch- like the idea of asking for the raise was Carol O'Connor's idea, but the idea of like taking him away from Hollywood and taking him off to Europe was his wife's idea. His wife apparently was like a huge mastermind behind his entire career. So she huh. um, said, "We're we're taking him." She goes, "I'm taking Larry. I'm taking him to New York. I'm taking him to Europe." She's like, "I'm taking him everywhere that he can be photographed. He's the most talked about man, and we're gonna increase that popularity to really, really make." I'm sorry CBS not ABC I apologize to make CBS um r- really really get fucked over on this um and they t- they brought a publicist with them and all that stuff they went to meet the queen oh and the queen mother went up to larry hagman and said Can you tell me who shot Jr? (laughs) Not on your life. And he said, he said, not even for you, mom. Then they went to Monaco and they were having tea with Princess Grace. And Princess Grace was like, I love Dallas. So he was so it was they were literally rubbing it in CBS's face being like, do you see the doors that he is opening for you? Why can't you guys give this man a raise? So suddenly, like the questions now weren't like who shot Jr." The basic question was, is Larry Hagman even going to come back to the TV show, and what happens if he doesn't? So the show's producers, they started going, what if we threw an accident into the storyline? Yeah. So the first thing they came up with was- Banana peel. The bana- <laughs> you saw this, right? <laughs> You,
2: you know exactly now how this it's all yeah okay Dallas yeah yeah
0: yeah it's Dallas. There's a banana peel. Um, the the first idea they came up with the, that the ambulance transporting him to the hospital was going to crash, Um and uh, Jr. already suffering from a bullet wound is terribly injured and he's disfigured and he needs plastic surgery. Oh no! And that's when they were gonna and that's when they were gonna bring in Robert Culp <laughs> to play Jr. <laughs> so they're literally filming. Um, the next se- they're filming season four without knowing if Larry Hagman's going to come back or Jr. is going to come back. So everything is filmed, uh, or shot twice. One with an actor's back to the camera that's supposed to be Larry Hagman. Then, uh, with someone's back to the camera, if they bring in a new actor just to replace <laughs> Jr. entirely. It, it's so bizarre so eventually the producers were like we can't do this we need to bring him back and they decided to come up they gave him a hundred thousand dollars per episode making him the highest paid tv actor at the time plus he finally got a share of the profits from all the jr merchandise so 10 days later he comes back to set and they're like great we can start like we can start filming again except in july of 1980 friends there's an actor strike oh yes there is an Actor strike uh, in July of 80, shortly after Hagman comes back from uh, Europe. The Screen Actors Guild went on strike. It shut down the production. And guess what the, uh, the issue was? Uh, residuals. Yep. Actor's share of proceeds from the sales of programs on paid television, videotape, and video disc. This strike lasts three months, which means they can't film anything. So now you have to wait even longer wow. to find out who shot JR. Um, So we can't release, we can't tell you in September, but we can actually tell you in November. Audiences had to wait eight months to find out who shot him. That's crazy. Here's the nice thing, though. This is why the strike actually helps. In that time, CBS decided, let's take advantage of the fact that we can't Do any new episodes. So, what they did was they replayed as many episodes as possible of JR being an asshole. So, that way, people that maybe had not seen Dallas or were like just getting into what this thing was would get a chance to like feel like they were in on everything. Um, So, by the time the strike settled up in uh, November, uh, Dallas was absolutely at its peak. The other thing that's also going on at this time, which I think sort of helps lead into this phenomenon is that in 1980, America's not doing very well. Um, the economy was down. They had all the hostages over in Iran. Mount St. Helens erupted. Um, the Olympics were not were in Moscow, but they sent no American teams over. Uh, so there was like a need for a diversion. And everywhere you looked, there was like T-shirts, who shot JR? Um, the most common T-shirt sold that summer was a shirt that said, I shot JR. There were media outlets that held sh- who shot JR contests. And it was also an election year and Republicans handed out Buttons saying a Democrat shot Jr., And Jimmy Carter joked that he'd have no problem financing his campaign if he knew who shot Jr. And when Larry Hagman was offered 100,000 pounds in the United Kingdom for just saying like, hey, look, tell us who did it. He's like, I have to turn it down. He's like, because they haven't told us. Nobody knew. Gerald Ford called um, the producer and was like, hey, I'm just curious. Can you tell me who shot Jr.?" <laughs> They're like, they're like, no, we can't tell you. He's like, hey, I'm the president. He's like, I'm a president. I'm kind of used to keeping secrets. And they were like, no, we can't tell you. This is the commercial that people were running at the time just to show you like uh, how how much people loved this thing.
1: Who shot J.R. on Dallas? I'll just bet Cliff Barnes did the dirty deed. When the smoke's clear, dear, you'll find that it was Vaughn Leland. Well, people lift the 10 most likely suspects, and Vaughn sounds very unlikely to me, Sherlock.
2: People asked 11 Texas celebrities who'd done it, and one of them agreed with me.
1: There's even this: Who shot J.R. poll. People's asking everybody to vote.
0: Everybody who follows Dallas should treat themselves,
1: treat their family to, to this, this week's, week's
0: people. people. Why do you buy two peoples? So you can vote for Vaughn while I send people the right answer. This is Larry Hagman talking about who shot J.R. Well, I wasn't really in the loop. I didn't. I didn't worry about you know all that kind of stuff. But they'd been making so much money on the show and advertising um, that they wanted to add four shows. Well, they didn't tell them that until. I think about two shows before we'd be finished with that Bible because you had to sit down and write the whole year So you can hire the right actors and see which way it's going But that was the Bible that told you what you're gonna do and then to add four more shows Was kind of difficult for them. So they said I'll tell you what let's write this scenario J.R. Get shot. Let's shoot the son of a bitch and see what happens later on We'll write whatever we have to write and, and during the hiatus Well, that's what they did. He seems like a cool guy. I don't know. He seems like a cool guy. After the strikes, after him asking for more money, finally, 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 it was revealed. November 21st, 1980. And not only uh, did people get to find out, it was also the top news at the time. Yes, not the hostages in Iran, not the presidential election not the fact that mount st helens had erupted the leading story was the revelation of who shot jr this is cbs news the videotape of the episode arrived for the bbc under the care of a special courier from los angeles london policemen were there for protection but while the videotape may have been safe the secret wasn't it didn't take long for the revelation to jump across
2: the atlantic you don't want to hear this momentous announcement before you see it on telly. You'd better close your ears, turn down the sound, or make loud noises, because here it comes. The person who shot J.R. is Kristen. Independent Radio News, it's three minutes apart. And there were those who found the
1: premature revelation a bit unfair.
2: I'll still watch it, but I think that if people have been
0: watching, it's like a football program. If you know the score of a game beforehand, you won't bother to watch the game on a match of the day. So, yes, it was. Kristen, which none of you picked, unfortunately. Kristen Shepard. All
2: of those clips that you just showed are so insane. Like, it's just so crazy. And like, it it just, especially like now, especially how quick everything is nowadays, like England would have been fucked because it would have been all over Twitter, would have been on every fucking social media feed. You know what I mean? And so the fact that without any of that, people in London were still getting it spoiled that's insane to me
0: so if you've not seen the episode the way it starts is they don't tell you immediately uh, Sue Ellen remember his wife she spent it was an hour long program she spent most of the hours stumbling around in a stupor and then they arrest her for murder they say you killed your husband uh, they released her on $100,000 bail and she starts to figure out like how like you know uh, she, they put her under a flashback like uh, a hypnosis and stuff and she has a flashback and then of course it's crazy Kristen, that and they announced that at 10.55, five minutes before the episode ends, and it's Kristen Mary Crosby, Bing Crosby's daughter. Really? And then she killed him because she was pregnant with Jr.'s child. Yeah. And she tried to uh, frame Sue Ellen. Mm. She tried to, to uh, uh, frame Sue Ellen, and then it was like, I can't do it. Then also in a weird twist is Jr. is like, I don't want to press charges against her. So she doesn't even go to jail. Like, it just sort of, just sort of, like, dissipates. Um, 76% of all U.S. viewers watching television that night were tuned in to Dallas. The episode was seen by more than 350 million people in 57 countries, including 83 million in the United States alone. The audience figure remains the second highest for a single episode of a weekly TV series, topped only by the final episode of MASH in February of 1983. Now, I will say, it was seemed to be like a much ado about nothing because people felt really let down. It was sort of this periphery character that had shot him. And so people were like, eh, that's okay. But it didn't matter because at that point, Dallas was number one. I will say, though, the, Dallas, the best cliffhanger actually on TV is not the Who Shot JR, oh. but a couple of seasons later. And I think we talked about this in our St. Elsewhere episode. JR's brother was played by a guy named Patrick Duffy. If you love Step by Step um, with Suzanne Somers, he was on that TV show. Anyway, Patrick Duffy was like the young, sexy heartthrob of the show. In the 80s, he's like, I kind of want to go off. I kind of want to do movies. So they killed him off on Dallas. They killed him off. And after a season, he was like, I'm not really getting any movie work. I want to come back. I don't know. Uh, But they killed me off. And the network was like, let us take care of that. And so what happened was, in 1986, in the spring, the last episode of Dallas, has uh, Pam, who was Bobby's wife, now widow, she wakes up, she goes into the bathroom, she opens up the bathroom door, and there's Patrick Duffy in the shower. And he looks at her and goes, good morning. Oh, you did? Yes, I do remember this, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? He's dead. And what it was was they said that the whole last season was a dream. Right, yeah. And what's kind of amazing is is that they didn't even, tell the other actors that Patrick Duffy was coming back. What they did was, and I think this is actually really clever was they shot the scene of the actress walking into the bathroom and they told her, Oh yeah. In the shower is going to be your current husband on the series. And you're going to take your robe off and get in the shower with him. Like that's sort of like what the idea was. They filmed that. They cut that second part. Then they hired a television commercial company to film a soap commercial With Patrick Duffy in it and they recreated the bathroom without anyone realizing it and so he's in the bathroom and he's soaping up and he's like good morning and then he goes it really will be a good morning if you use Irish spring soap and they cut that part out so that's how they were able to bring bring this thing up and to me honestly that is the better cliffhanger because it's literally bringing someone back from the dead and you're like what the fuck just happened. What the fuck just happened? I feel bad for Irish Spring. I know, they're like, I I thought he was gonna do the car show.
2: Oh boy, our stocks are gonna go down.
0: So, we're gonna do a little, uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about who shot JR and how our boys are feeling now that they both have lost a dollar each. This is not good. We'll be right back. I can't afford that.
2: You, Zell? This was
0: a thing. This was a thing. And now,
1: this is a sketch. Mr. President, I have the Ayatollah on the phone. Thank you, Susie. Mr. Khomeini, this is President Carter.
0: Mr. President, to what do I owe the pleasure of your call? I thought you did not negotiate with terrorists.
1: We don't, Mr. Khomeini, but this crisis has gone on for far too long. We need to bring these hostages home, and after much prayer, I think we can discuss what you are asking for as long as it never gets out that we spoke.
0: You can trust me, Mr. President. We have not killed any of the hostages, and we will release them soon as you give us what we want.
1: Fine, fine. I am passing the phone over to our negotiator. This is Mr. Rubin.
2: Hello, Ayatollah.
0: Ah, Mr. Rubin! What a pleasure speaking with you. I must tell you, out of all the American capitalist pig networks, CBS is my favorite. Many people think I took these hostages to protest American policy, but it is really because you moved Alice from Tuesdays to Thursdays, and and Thursdays is my fatwa night. But you can correct yourself and save these hostages if you give me the information I want. Mr. Khomeini. Please, uh, call me Coco. It's, It's Hollywood.
2: Coco. We can't tell you, but uh, you can ask questions, and uh, we can answer them for you.
0: Sorry, uh, someone was trying to change the channel during. That's incredible. Yes, 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 okay. This this, this is fair. I, I can guess this quite easily. Uh, uh, the person who shot JR was his brother, Bobby. He has the most to gain. Sorry, not Bobby. What, 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 what do you mean it's not Bobby? He is sick of JR. Last week he said, I will kill you, and he's playing the subtext. Duffy is wonderful, but he, he tips his hands as an actor. Uh, not Bobby. Not Bobby. It's not Bobby.
2: It really isn't, Coco. This
0: is an outrage. Another American trick, you pigs. It must be Bobby. I made a bet with Gaddafi. He thinks it was Sue Ellen. It's not Sue Ellen. That's what I said. Sue Ellen is too in love, and she can't risk losing the baby again. Bobby has the most to gain.
2: It's not, Coco.
0: Who is it? I I know. Dusty is Dusty. He didn't die in the plane crash. He faked
2: it. No. No
0: Dusty. uh, No Dusty. No Dusty. No, I Sue Ellen know. Who else could it be? No, I will, it wouldn't be Kristen if it's if he, I will eat my hat if it's Kristen.
2: Look, Coco, it's Kristen. Okay, that's between you and the writers. Now, how do we get those hostages back?
0: No, 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 no. This is not fair. This is American falsehoods. Uh, Kristen. Uh, uh, Mary, a, a forsaken Crosby? Only person who should be shot is her acting teacher. A whole season of a Kristen trial? I have I- I just said I would eat my hat in front of my soldiers and this is how America embarrassed me? What a letdown, what a freaking letdown. Kristen, she's a bit player with a title card. The deal is off. Mr.
1: Khomeini, wait, please. <sighs> Thank God you didn't tell him about canceling Alice.
0: I'm still on the line. I am placing a fatwa on America. Uh, first, Christian, now Alice. Your country will burn with the heat of a thousand suns.
1: What What does that mean?
0: In Farsi, it means kiss my grits. Thank you. This was a sketch. Welcome back. So, gentlemen, thoughts on who shot JR? I think it was the uh, Bing Crosby's daughter. <laughs> Yeah, she was like, she's like, what am I gonna do
1: with these golf clubs I just saved? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go <laughs> smash someone in the head.
0: She's like, I'll take out my father's anger on you. She wasn't even supposed to be in the scene. Yeah. He was supposed to be like a robber. <laughs> she's like, I'll kill him. Can, can, uh, do me a favor. Can he go, blah, 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 boo, just to motivate me? And it's
2: one of those things people are like, of course, we should have known because White Christmas was playing behind it the whole time.
0: So friends, what do you think of this phenomenon? Because if you watch a cliffhanger today, on a, that ends a season, a season, not an episode, a season, you have to thank Dallas for it because Dallas is the one that came up with it.
2: This is the type of thing that we created this podcast to cover. Like, this is such a moment in pop culture. Yes. This was the exact kind, like, I'm sure Two Shot JR has probably has been on the short list since season one. But like, oh, yes. this, sto- this story finally being told on our podcast, but like, this is exactly the kind of story that, you know, why we wanted
0: to do this kind of a podcast. And then I think... Other cliffhangers have tried to, I think this is like the gold standard, because they got an entire world talking about it. And at the point, it didn't even matter at the end, like really who shot him. It was that they had gotten they had gotten to number one in the ratings by building all this up. And I think the actor strike, Patrick Duffy, I think there was a writer strike as well at the same time. There were all these different things that just kept and wetting people's appetites which was very smart to me this is almost like
2: a chasing the dragon type thing you know like writers producers like mm. seeing this and how successful it is and going like oh man or even the ones who wrote it like always will want this again or always are searching for there. who shot jr like when am i gonna find it when i you know what i mean like it's just this this is it's such a yeah i don't know it, it's just so crazy because I've learned so much about something that I thought I had a pretty good understanding of already. Yeah,
0: and the fact that like it was not even supposed to be there—that the, the network was like, "We need a couple of more episodes. What else can you do?" Yeah, and they were like, "We already have a cliffhanger. He's—he he threw his wife into an asylum. Like, how do we top that? Well, we'll shoot him." And then also, I think other ones that we should mention, because I think they're also good, but they all owe, in some way, I think they're cliffhanging to um, to uh, who shot JR. Breaking Bad fans with Hank finding leaves of grass at the end of season five. Ross's Wedding, if you're a Friends fan. We talked about John Lithgow and Dexter. Um, if you're a West Wing fan, um, at the end of the first season where we know someone's been shot, but we don't know who's been shot. And then, of course, The Simpsons, who killed Mr. Burns, which also was a pretty big phenomenon in the 90s. That I might even be its own episode at one point, which was, you know, the last shot. There's supposed to be a clue. Uh, to 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 what to tide you over? Uh, Dallas didn't even give you a clue. So this is the story of who shot Jr. And I will say one of the things I really loved about doing this one is literally everything that I've read about the people that were working on this on this particular show. They all seem to really enjoy each other, and Larry Hagman was just like this very nice guy who leaned into. This, you know, there's so many. A- I, I don't know how you all feel. I always hate when an actor's like, oh, I hate being associated with, you know, the character that I played. And, and they go, Yeah, but it's, it, I'm sorry. It's like, what made you who you are today? And you're like, oh, I don't want to go back to that. I just find that, like, I'm sorry. Fuck the Olsen twins that were like, I can't, I can't do the full house. I can't do full house.
2: That was mostly just Ashley. Mary Kate, you got to give a... Okay,
0: well then, she got to talk to her sister. But I'm like, go fuck yourselves. Like, go fuck... So the fact that Larry Hagman is like, yeah, I'm going to wear a cowboy hat for the rest of my life. <laughs> and like, I made money that had my face on it with autographs on it. I don't know. I just, I think there's something really lovely about that. Yeah, yeah. That that it's it's somebody who's like, who And then years later, they rebooted Dallas on TNT. Oh, wow. And him and Patrick, they came back. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's cool. They were like, yeah, let's do it again. I don't know. And so just to hear all of these stories about how it was a very kind set. It was a nice set. Everyone really liked working with each other. I don't know. I thought it was really sweet.
2: Yeah. It's a very nice set.
0: And? Uh, Larry Hagman is Cool. So this is the story of who shot JR. Once again, spoiler alert, it was his sister-in-law who he knocked. Fuck. Up, played by Mary Crosby, Bing Crosby's daughter. Badu, badu. Okay. Now, we didn't know who shot JR, but we should know who the winner of our next game is going to be. Are we ready to play a game? Are you a savant? Fortune teller? This was a thing and now it's a quiz.
2: This is a this was a quiz.
0: All right. It is time now to play a game. Um, And what's going to happen is somebody in my family is going to shoot me. And you guys have to guess who it is. Who did it? Uh, It's your grandma in Florida. Oh, good job, Ray. Her name is also Mary Crosby. Yep. That's an incredible coincidence. So, Jr. A uh, Ewing played by Larry Hagman. JR, what did it stand for? It for stood for John Ross, but JR is not the only JR that existed. In fact, I have a bunch of JRs in front of me right now. Oh. What's gonna happen is, is Ray, I'm gonna give you 10 people whose initials are JR. I'm gonna describe them and you're gonna tell me oh, who they are. Okay. I need the full name of the person, first and last name, JR. And then Daniel, same thing for you. You'll get 10 different names. Are we ready? Let's do it. You ready, Ray? Yeah. Once again. The initials are JR, first name J, last name R. Here we go. Number one, Ray, this person was a French political philosopher. Uh, John Roberts. Rene Russo. No, 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 not Rene Russo. Going on, number two, Ray. First black baseball player. Jackie Robinson. Good. French playwright who wrote the play Phaedra. Jacques Robert. No. Uh, The choreographer of West Side Story. Uh,
2: Robbins. No. Uh, uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, Jerome Robbins. Nice. There you go. Uh,
0: This woman was the star of Pretty Woman. Uh, Julia Roberts' teeth. (laughs) Great. That counts. Uh, The T is silent. Um, A successful British broadcaster. John Rost. (laughs) Like from Rost versus Nixon. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to give it to you because the guy's name is John Ross. Wait, really? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to give it to him. Star of Three's Company. Uh, 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 John Ritter. Two-time Oscar winner and Eugene O'Neill actor. Uh, Pass. Famous podcast host. Mm, Joe Rogan. Very nice. Uh, And then a former female attorney general. Janet Reno. Nicely done! Congratulations, Ray. You got seven. The ones you missed are Jean-Jacques Rousseau is the French political philosopher. Jean Racine wrote uh, the play Phaedra, and Jason Robards is the two-time Oscar winner and Eugene O'Neill actor. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, Daniel. Here you All go. Right. You have to you have to get either seven to tie. 8 to win. Okay, let's do it. Once again, we're looking at JR. Here we go. Uh country singer known for the song Eastbound and Down. John I don't know. Nope. That's okay. Uh next one, singer of Cry and Somebody Stole My Girl. Uh I don't know. I don't know. Pass. Next one. Um actor from The Hurt Locker. Oh, um Jeremy Renner, um, character actor known for Dewey
1: Cox. Oh come on, Stepbrothers, Dewey Cox. Mm-hmm. I know his name. Um,
2: I'll give you this. There's there's a C. There's a C. Oh bet-
1: thank you. Um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. There you go. There you go. Um, female comedian. Uh, who are you wear- Who are you wearing, Daniel? Um, who are you wearing, Daniel? Oh oh oh, Joan. Um, Joan. R- oh, the Nile, oh. the the
2: miss, Mississippi, the
0: the the, the tiger. Oh, Joan Rivers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Joan Rivers. Nicely done. A uh, punk rocker whose real name was Jeffrey Human.
2: When when food gets spoiled, it gets what?
0: Jeffrey Rotten.
2: Close. What would JFK's da- uh, dad called him as a kid? Like, what would be a, an endearing name for him? Junior Rotten.
0: Uh, hey Johnny. Johnny Rotten. Johnny Rotten. Yeah. No. Next one.
2: What?
1: Yeah. It, what? That was wrong.
0: Yep. Uh, next one, yep. Sorry, got. It. I have to move on. Sorry, Daniel. Okay. Voice of the pig in Toy Story.
1: Oh, um, oh, this is. Uh, he's in every single Pixar movie. It's um. If if you had
2: rodents in a uh, meat patty, what would that be? Oh
0: yeah, j- uh, j- uh, John Ratzenberger. Thank you. There you go. Um, French director of the Rules of the Game. Uh, no, no idea. Next one. Counterculture Yippie.
1: Counterculture yippie? My God, this is like Will Schwartz's Sunday Crossword Times for my brain. I'm not sure. I have no idea. That's a compliment. And then finally, one of the stars of Queer
0: Eye for The Straight Guy.
1: Never seen the show.
0: Oh. I know that one. I don't know.
1: I don't know. All right, fill me in which wh- how of the one that I got correct, what are the
0: nine that I got wrong? Okay, no. Uh Jerry Reed is the country singer known for Eastbound and Down. Johnny Ray is the singer of Cry and Somebody Stole My Girl. Uh the punk rocker whose real name was Jeffrey Human is actually Joey Ramon.
2: Oh.
0: Jean Renoir was the French director of Rules of the Game. Uh Jerry Rubin is the counterculture uh. yippie. And Jay Rodriguez is the star of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. So, Ray, congratulations. Nice job, Seven Ray. to Daniels Fours. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And now, Ray, as uh as a, as a reward, um, you get to sleep with Sue Ellen Barnes. Congratulations.
2: Hey, look, sanatorium beds are very comfortable. That's
0: what I've heard. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Thanks for walking down memory lane with us. Ray, if they want to continue their stroll with us on This Was a Thing, the retro podcast, where can they find us?
2: Well, if you want to continue your stroll, go ahead and grab your walking shoes, because you can go to www.thiswasathing.com. You can see all of our old episodes, and we even have one of those things where you can listen to the latest episode. In the website I know We are a very tech-heavy podcast Or you could go check out This Was a Thing pod on Instagram Yeah, the gram We do it for the gram But we really do it for the listeners And also, if you wanted to check out Patreon.com P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com Look up This Was a Thing We have all the old episodes We have extra episodes We have longer episodes And, uh, to tell you more Can we cut, cut,
1: cut, 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 cut Well, sure thing, Ray If during your little stroll you uh, decide that you're not going to go down the Patreon path, that's okay, we understand. But perhaps you'd be willing to give Apple Podcasts a try. Yes, that's right, Apple Podcasts, where we know a lot of you happen to be listeners. And on Apple Podcasts, we also offer a way of supporting the show through a membership called And Another Thing, where you get access to more things like bonus episodes, extra content, and even extended ad-free versions of our regular episodes. So you could also support us there if you are so inclined But also, if supporting us in that way is not something you're able to do, that's completely fine. Thank you just for listening. We really appreciate it. If you might be able to leave us a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you listen, that would mean a lot to us. And maybe you could even just recommend an episode to a friend. Maybe you liked this one. Maybe you were like, this one sucked. But last week's was great. So if you're enjoying even just a couple of the things you're hearing, we would love it if you could spread the love and let people know about the show as well. With all that said... Thank you to everyone just for listening. Until next week.